0: Welcome to the Fearless Presentations Podcast. This is Doug Standard CEO of the Leaders Institute and in Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become more comfortable, confident speakers and really helps you design really good presentations for your audiences. This is episode number 104, and this is part four of a five-part series on on uh, the public speaking tips that we started giving you a, a few tips back. So basically, to just to, as a recap, on episode number 101, we decided it would be fun to give you 101 public speaking tips. And so we've broken it down into component parts. The, the, this session or the one the, the podcast today is really going to be about places to practice your presentation. So this is part four and uh, we're going to cover some places to really practice your presentation. The um, if you haven't yet listened to the other episodes though, they would be very effective. It would be very effective anyway if you download those episodes and then you can come back go back and listen to them over and over and over again cuz there's just so much content there if you don't break it down into bite-size bite-sized pieces. And, um, and cover it just a little at a time or practice it a little at a time, it becomes very overwhelming. Um, one of the best ways to practice this over time is with the Fearless Presentations classes. And uh, the, the podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. Um, we've got uh, a number of classes coming up. So if, you've, if, you, if you really want to get a lot of practice getting really, really good at public speaking, then the fearless presentations class is is just a great way to do it. Um, The reason why is because what we do is we break – designing and delivering presentations down into component parts so that you can practice just a little at a time, master that, and then add something else to it, master that, add something else to it, master that. So by the time you finish our two-day classes, your your confidence is is pretty high. So we've got classes coming up in, in December 2019. We've got classes coming up in New York, Detroit, uh, Atlanta, Tampa, Indianapolis, Phoenix. So next year, we've got classes coming up in dallas columbus miami we got a class in newport beach uh, um, we've got a class in washington dc boston chicago uh, portland st louis san antonio pittsburgh phoenix indianapolis charlotte atlanta san jose las vegas Philadelphia, and those are all in February, January and February of next year. So we've got a ton of classes coming up. If I didn't call your city, just make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com. Look for um, the uh, the uh, listing. And uh, if you do a search for your city, uh, it'll pull up all the different classes that are coming up anywhere close to you anyway. So let's get on with today's podcast. <laughs> So this is episode 104, and this is a continuation of podcast number 101 when we started doing 101 public speaking tips on this one. This is actually, this should be a a little shorter session. Um, I tried to combine it down to, you know, to, uh, the last two episodes into um, one, but it, it's just going to be too much. So we're going to, we're going to give you in this session, we're going to give you all kinds of different places that you can go to practice your presentation and then, and then we'll wrap up on next week, next week's episode. We'll, we'll end with something kind of funny. The last thing in the uh, list are the, the seven deadly sins. So the things that people do to, to, um, kind of hack off their audiences and stuff like that. So we'll kind of end with something, something a little funny next week. So um, the, the, so we started last, uh, we stopped, sorry, we ended last week with um, some of the PowerPoint slideshow tips and the last one that we did was uh, uh, tip number 72. And I know I didn't give you that number last week, but this, that was uh, at number 72 was design your own slideshow. And we're gonna pick right up where we left off. So these are gonna be some things that you can do, uh, places that you can go and practice your your presentations. And tip number 73 is social clubs. These are clubs like Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis, JC's, Lions Clubs, et cetera. These are all great places. To practice delivering speeches, the reason why is that most of these organizations have a weekly meeting that requires a guest speaker. So there are 52 opportunities every single year for every single club, and there's a good chance there's probably 10 or 15, 20 of these clubs somewhere within five miles of you. So they all they're all constantly looking for for good speakers. Uh, tip number 74 is chamber of commerce. Now. Chambers of Commerce are not necessarily one of the better places to get speaking gigs, uh, but they often have committees where officers lead the meetings and give presentations. So if you run for office, you, you'll you'll be more likely to get some speaking gigs or some places where you can you can get practice speaking in front of a group. Um, most people avoid positions like this just so you know because they don't want to have to speak in front of their peers. So it's not really hard to get elected to one of those positions and can give you some some practice. Number 75 is libraries and city recreation centers. Um, city offices often have scheduled seminars and workshops that, that are really easy to get speaking engagements in as long as the topic is marketable to them. And, and, and as long as you'll, you'll work for cheap, You know, so there are, uh, I know that a lot of financial planners will do financial workshops at that city rec centers and things like that. Um, so if you, if you have a topic that is, uh, beneficial to the general public in your city, then a lot of times you can get some of these speaking gigs and, and you know, you make a little bit, but it's it's more for practice more than anything else. Tip number 76 is lunch and learn. So if you're a salesperson and you want to speak to employees at a certain client, then you can just buy them lunch and offer to teach them something about about their industry, about your industry. Um, we used to do this a lot. I mean, I used to, when I was first starting out in as a, as a speaker, I would uh, I would just go into companies and say, "Hey, look, I've got a I've got a 30 minute workshop on," and I would give them some kind of leadership uh, tip or whatever I was whatever I'd practiced for that couple of weeks. And that's how I got my first pieces of business. I would go and say, "Hey, I'll do this for free, and I'll even buy your folks lunch." I just need an audience, and uh, and it ended up turning into business eventually. So it's a good way to get practice, though. Number seventy-seven is teleseminars or webinars. Um, just by promoting a free or, in some cases, uh, some cases, a paid teleseminar on your on your website, you can often get a nice following of people who are. You know, they're happy to just get a little of your expertise. So if you have an expertise that people are interested in, then by all means, set up one of these things and and get get a few people. And by the way, you don't necessarily have to have a thousand people come to your webinar. If you're only if even if only three or four people show up, a lot of these webinar programs that you can use, that the, the folks won't know that they're one of only three people that are on the webinar but you get chance you get a chance to practice and you can open it up for questions at the end and if anybody asks you a question you can get practice doing that as well so some number 78 is to speak at association meetings in your industry so no matter what industry that you belong to chances are that there's one or more associations for companies just like yours so you can join one or more of these associations and look for meetings or events where you can speak and become you can actually become a very influential member of your of your industry uh, number 79 kind of goes along with 78. It's the association meetings and client industry. So if you sell to a specific industry, make sure and become a part of their associations and attend their trade shows and, and their meetings. And by speaking within these groups, you'll be seen as the go-to person for that for that uh, industry, so it's a good way to get get a, a lot of accolades and get some experience, where folks kind of see you within that that specific industry. That was another thing that I did fairly early on. I um, one of the reasons why a lot of times I'll give examples in the construction industry, is because when I first started out teaching leadership training, I I a lot of a, a few of my first clients were uh, commercial construction companies. And they got me into that industry, and I ended up teaching leadership classes for that specific industry. So they would have me come out and speak at their their uh, monthly meetings from time to time. I'd write articles in their newsletters, and, and every time I did, it was a promotion to get people into classes that I was teaching for that specific industry. So it can be very helpful. Tip number 80 is trade shows, or our trade shows anyway. It's a trade show. Go to trade shows. If you attend trade shows and you purchase a booth, you can actually purchase the booth space adjacent to you and fill it with folding chairs, and you can conduct short seminars every half hour or so on the topic related to the needs of attendees. Um, that was another thing that I did very early on, and and it was kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it worked really, really well. Sometimes it didn't. All I would do is I would just put a, a whiteboard up saying I uh, would give my topic and the um and the, the start time of the next the next live seminar, and I would. It was weird because what I would have to do is as soon as that time started, if I was going to start at eleven thirty, at eleven thirty I'd start speaking nobody would be sitting in the chair. So it's awkward for the first couple seconds. But when folks come up, came up to the booth and they started listening to me, i just kind of point them to to a chair as I was speaking, and they would sit down. And by the time I finished, I'd have a nice little group. I'd have a nice little crowd. And once you once I got all the seats filled and people started standing around, that's when it became a huge crowd you know because if i only had 10 seats and there were 12 people looking on then two of them were standing up and so now there would be within two or three four minutes there'd be 20 or 30 people just kind of standing around so it's a that's a it it takes a little bit of confidence to do that but it is a fun way to to um market at trade shows number 81 is marketing seminars that are by reservation so in-person marketing seminars it can be a great way to get in front of a lot of potential audience members. Financial planners often do the free retirement seminars because they they know that anyone who attends would can be a, a likely potential client for them, and uh, you can kind of do the same thing. Just set up your own uh, marketing seminars. I would make sure that you do it by reservation if you're, do, especially if it's a free seminar, if it's something that people can come to for free, because if it's free, people don't put a whole lot of of um, they don't put a lot of value on it, and so they even if they tell you they're going to come, most of the time you, you'll have fewer. If you had a hundred people that tell you they're going to come, you might end up with twenty or thirty or forty, right? So, so do it by reservation, and uh, you'll get a little bit better. Paid seminars typically are a whole lot more effective than doing the free seminars that are marketing. So seminars that individuals can attend by paying a fee that, that um, can be a great way for you to promote yourself because they are gaining you're gaining income from your efforts. And when, in, when these individuals pay for a seminar, they're much more likely to, to show up. So that's number 82, paid seminars. Number 83 are paid consulting meetings. So you can also charge individuals or, or groups to attend consulting or coaching sessions with you. This is a nice way to help customers implement your products or service without services, without losing money. Um, the meetings can be in-person, online, teleconference, webinar, podcast, whatever. So you got a lot of flexibility here. Number 84 is the audio version, which is podcast, radio, and and even TV shows, if you can still find them. Um, now, although there, although there are still great opportunities to speak on traditional TV and radio programs, the internet has opened up a lot of doors for additional speakers. So internet radio podcast is absolutely huge right now. I mean, you're listening to a podcast right now, but the uh, a lot of the speakers, a lot of people that host these podcasts, they're constantly looking for new guests to bring on. They want people that they can promote because it's easier for them. They don't have to create something new if they can interview you. So it's much easier to interview a a, um, a guest than it is to create new content every single week so a lot of the folks that do podcasts do have guest spots available so if you find a podcast that's in line with your your expertise contact them see if you can see if they'll they'll have you on as a guest um, youtube and other online video services are also a great way to to make a a single presentation get replicated over and over and over again so you make short Two to three minute informational videos teaching something about your industry, and then post them on YouTube. And if you post, you know, once every week or so, you can start to, to build a following. You can also podcast your video. So once you have that YouTube video, you can actually podcast it. So you can add, you know, more videos to your library. You offer them as as podcast. You know, all you have to do is just Google the word podcast for a list of of um, of the different entities that promote podcast, So, um, and you can, every, I mean, each one of these is going to have a whole new, um, market to, to tap into. So, um, so it's a good, good way to either do your audio files or your video files, uh, through podcasting networks and, and get, get more ears and eyes on you. Uh, Number 87 are joint venture seminars. You can partner up with other people or other companies who are in the same market that you are, but who don't compete for clients or they don't, or compete for customers. So, for instance, if you're if you build websites, you can partner with a social media expert, a graphic designer, and a video person, and you can teach people how to build a killer website. So, basically, just by by getting some other folks to to partner with you, you can split the expense of putting on one of these seminars, and also um, you can you market you're marketing your um, your partners. Programs to your client list and they're marketing your programs to their client list. So now you have a, a you know, if you, if there's four of you involved in this joint venture, that means you've got four times the possibility of getting, uh, the possibility of getting four times the number of people to a seminar than if you just just did it by yourself. So those joint venture seminars can be very, very helpful. And so I kind of zoomed through some of those. Um, we I actually did a podcast on this. Um, there are uh, two different podcasts, actually one podcast that was on Places that you can speak to um, uh, for no fee and then also places that you can go to actually generate income. Uh, So if you just go to fearlesspresentations.com and type in, you know, uh, places to practice your presentations, you'll you'll find both of those podcasts. They're both really, really good. Um, Since I did move through that fairly quickly, though, I think what I'm going to do is instead of trying to push this off and and do a part five, I think I'm going to just kind of continue and go through... The remainder of these Um, we're actually on tip number 88 and some of these will especially the last seven will be really really quick so let's see if we can finish up on this one and and not have to do the the uh the podcast the fifth episode anyway so the the next part is going to be about presentation tips for sales teams that are delivering group presentations this one this can be pretty challenging if you have a team of people that are going to be presenting at the same time or or simultaneously. So tip number 88 is you want to prepare your team ahead of time. You know, for for many of these high-level sales presentations these purchasers want to hear from the actual team members who will, who they are going to be working with on the project. So so please don't let the first time that these folks speak in front of a group be when you have a big contract on the line get your team of professionals the the doing some presentation training well in advance of the of the presentation so don't just kind of throw them to the wolves you want to make sure that they have spoken in front of a group 10 15 20 times before they've got you've got hundreds of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on the line so prepare that team ahead of time tip number 89 talk about them not you and i'm talking about the audience so many presenters mistakenly cover a lot of details about how great they are you know how great we the presenters with my company is fantastic and how much experience that we have and and how we're the best thing since sliced bread the audience really doesn't care about any of that stuff they want they what they care about is they want you to solve their problems they have problems and they want you to show that you can solve those things so if you focus on their problems and how you can help them you'll actually do you'll you'll actually be more likely to close one of these high-level sales deals tip number 90 is to show the client that you are a team edify each other when you introduce the next speaker build that next person up by sharing his or her experience with the audience get the entire team involved in that in the presentation One of the big mistakes that I see is that typically there'll be a project manager or a VP, somebody who's leading the presentation, and that person will jump back in and introduce each one of those next speakers, which is fine, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. But if the, if each one of the speakers are now edifying the next speaker, then what happens at the end of the, of the presentation, the group goes, God, man, these people, this is a really good team. This the, we can work with these people. Tip number 91 is to use showmanship. Now I know we covered this in, one of the impact ideas um, uh, in the one of the past sessions, but showmanship is that it's just so vital to the big sales presentations that you want to put more showmanship in your sales presentations than what you do just any normal kind of presentation. So before every presentation coming up, come up with something new, something different that that um, that you know others that you're going to be competing against are not going to do so it's got to be something unique something totally new that nobody's ever seen before all right the last thing that we're going to do before we get into the seven deadly sins is we're going to give you some some quick tips about question and answer sessions q a sessions are can be very challenging so just so you know before i actually get into the tips I, I usually encourage people to not create a an answer a question and answer session at the end of their presentations like a lot of people do. Um, it's just weird and can be awkward. I would much rather people ask me questions when they have them than to wait till the end of the presentation to ask me questions. So, um, but if you do happen to be stuck in one of these sessions where you have a specific amount of time where folks can ask you questions. Um, you've got to realize that there are two different types of questions that folks can ask. And so, so tip number 92 is the questions for clarity. These, these are the easiest questions that to, to answer. They're, they're the ones that are asked. They're just asked because somebody is confused and they're asking for some clarity about something. So the questioner is um, looking for a very simple answer. So in these situations, just answer the question quickly. And then if you need to, you can add an example or a story. But for the most part, it's just, hey, do you have that in blue? Yes, we have it in blue. That's it. You know, so basically make it really simple. Don't add a whole lot to it. Um, number 93 is que- that these are questions that that are there to test you. So this is where audience members may ask an aggressive question and they're they're trying to test you or they're trying to throw you off to just see how you handle it. A great way to answer these types of questions is with an example or a story related to that question. Then after you finish the quick story, give them the advice that you want them to take or the, the reason why you, you've said, you said, know, well, so the, the moral of the story is. And if you need to review any of that, um, that's on one of the earlier podcasts with the uh, with, on the story, how to be a better storyteller. Tip number 94, if you do have one of these Q&A sessions, you want to set a time limit. Set a time limit for questions. Just keep it short. Two to five minutes is kind of standard for quick question and answer sessions, but sometimes presentations require as long as 15 minutes. Um, regardless though, you know, set a time limit and keep to it. So, um, so tip number 95 is, af- uh, sometimes you may have to ask the first question if needed audiences are often hesitant to ask that first question. So sometimes you might need to what I call prime the pump. A, a qu- and you just basically start by saying something, hey, you know, a question that I'm often asked is, and then ask your own first question, answer it, make it a question that you know the answer to, and then answer it really nicely. And then, you know, you you look really poised when you're in front of the group. And then you can say, okay, who has the second question? And for some reason that's kind of funny and people will often um, respond by by uh, giving you a few more questions. Tip number ninety six is when time expires in the Q and A sessions. If you've had a few more question askers waiting when you end the session, it can work really well in your favor. So just say, "Hey, I'm out of time." But for those of you who weren't able to get the, uh, who I wasn't able to get to. Um, I'll be at the back of the room as you leave, and this will create a crowd of energy around you after the presentation. So that's those. Those are some easy ways to kind of make those those awkward Q and A sessions a little bit less kind of challenging. All right. The last thing we will do something kind of fun and funny at the end. Um, these are the seven deadly sins of presenting. Now I know that if you add, so we were on number 96 and if you add seven, that puts us at one Oh three. So that's, that's 103 tips versus 101 which is what we practice. But you know, I like to be an overachiever. So here you go. They're pretty, pretty quick and easy. So tip number 97 is, Thou shan't not go overtime without consent. So basically, if somebody gives you 30 minutes, don't go 31 minutes. Uh, tip number 98 is to uh is human, but too many is annoying. So basically, if you're nervous and you start to see some of those word whiskers, those errors, those ums, those you knows, if you see those as being a habits, a habit for you, then sometimes a public speaking class like fearless presentations can help in those kind of situations. Tip number 99. Um, thou shalt not speak mon- mon- monotonally. I can't even say it. Monotonally. So basically, don't get away. Have some energy and enthusiasm. Don't be a little peppy. Uh, tip number 100 is avoid shop talk. Th- thine audience will be confused if you're using a lot of shop talk. Um, now, sometimes what folks will kind of say is they'll say, well, Doug, wait a minute, though. I mean, uh, I've got a really intelligent. Audience, and uh, they use these fancy acronyms. And if I don't use these fancy acronyms, then I'm gonna sound like I don't. I'm not in their club. I'm not in their culture. I, I find that to rarely actually be the case. Most of the time, if you're using a lot of that shop talk, if you're using some of those, um, some of that jargon, that folks that that kind of get tossed around the office and that kind of thing, it's most likely just going to confuse at least one, sometimes more than one people in the, in the audience. And so that can be kind of challenging. So tip number 101, 101 a couple more, um, thy, <laughs> thou shalt not speaks while the audience readest readest thou slide, thy slide anyway. So, uh, basically don't, uh, the, basically if you've got a long uh, slide that uh, people need to read or something like that which I would encourage you not to do but if you do have one of those things then let the audience kind of read it or um, read it to them and point to it as you read it that way um, they're they're you're they're not distracted you want you don't want to be telling a story while somebody is trying to read your visual aid or look, follow along with your visual aids so tip number 102 is 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 uh, thou thou shan't read endless excerpts to thine audience. So basically don't read a bunch of crap to your audience. It's it's much better if you're spontaneous, you're telling stories and stuff like that versus reading your slides, reading text, reading weird stuff. It's real. much, much harder. And the last one, thou shan't dump in thou shan't dump endless data upon thine audience. That's one of the that's a number one turn off to audience is what they call data dumping, which is where you give too much stuff in too short of a period of time which is why we really really wanted to stay away from making a podcast out of 101 public speaking tips but hopefully you got some good value out of it and it's and it's been interesting for you um but it is one of those things that if you go back and listen to it over and over again you can hopefully um, just glean more content out of it every single time anyway so we'll get back to our normal Uh, series of uh, Fearless Presentations podcast next week. And I promise you, it'll be a three-point talk or a four-point talk or a five-point talk, not 100 or 10 or 20 or 30 or 40. So anyway, so we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.